Hey now, you're an all-star, or at least you're playing all-star baseball here on Ultra 64! Ladies and gentlemen, it's gentlemen. What's a gentleman? It is a wonderful day for some Nintendo 64. Coming to you live from Steve's office. I am your commentator, Woody Saskowski, and with me is co-host, co-commentator, Stephen Guntley. Hello, Steve. Hello, it's so good to be here. It is a beautiful fall evening, and we are ready for some hot baseball action with two fierce competitors facing off in the acclaimed sports games. All-Star Baseball 99 through 2001. For those of you just joining us today, welcome to the Ultra 64 podcast. We are your comprehensive source for everything baseball and everything Nintendo 64 and where the two meet is at the Ultra 64 podcast. We are that center of that Venn diagram, <laughs> indeed. <laughs> That's right, the N64 baseball Venn diagram. Today we're doing something special. We actually have a live game coming to you between... Dan Reese and Josiah Coolidge. Hello, gentlemen. Great to be here today, folks. Thank you. This is Josiah Coolidge. Uh, I want to thank uh, Jesus and my dad for playing catch with me when I was a little boy. Jesus played catch with him when he was a little boy. That's pretty impressive. I didn't know you had those kind of family connections. (laughs) You heard it here first, folks. So, again, for this is slightly different than what we usually do, but we will still be playing through these games and ranking them at the end of the ball game tonight. Um, so, as we join our competitors, they are playing All-Star Baseball 2001, which is the third game in the All-Star Baseball series for the Nintendo 64. There was 99, 2000, and 2001. That is correct, and we've played through the uh, first two just as a, as a group here. The, rarely do the commentators get to join in on the sport, but these guys were uh, really good sports about it. They let us down on the field, and we learned a lot. Let me tell you a little bit about All-Star Baseball 99. It's the first game in our series, and it's uh, largely been forgotten by time, wouldn't you say? I think that's fair to say there. <laughs> All-Star Baseball 99 was uh, developed by Iguana Entertainment and Acclaim Sports North and published by Acclaim Sports. It was released in 1998. I could not find a more specific date than that. Why don't we, uh, why don't we bring our players in to see if they had any uh, feedback on their experience playing All-Star Baseball 99 or 2000? You can uh, come on up here, guys. Sure. Uh, I guess I was impressed by the the 3D modeling of the baseball baseballmen. Uh, they were uh, uh, greater than anything I'd seen on the system before. You know, you have a program like this, and you're trying to develop uh, talent. I think the best thing that you can tell your players is keep your eye on the ball. Wise words there from Josiah Coolidge. That's why they call him the refrigerator. It's very true. It's very true. He's known as that all the time. And uh, Dan Reese, of course, is known as the ball enemy. Because if he's uh, either swinging at the ball or throwing it, he wants that ball away from him. So he's earned that reputation as the enemy of balls. That's, they call him Dan, the ball enemy Reese. That's what they call him. It I, you've heard it here. rolls off the tongue. Well, All-Star Baseball 99 was uh, originally really... It was the second game in the All-Star Baseball series. The first one was called All-Star Baseball 97, featuring Frank Thomas, which itself was spun off from a series called Frank Thomas Big Hurt Baseball. 
The game, this game added play-by-play commentary and cut the tie with Thomas, who was also known as the Big Hurt because of his penchant to get owies on his boo-boo. Uh, he played from 1990 to 2008, mostly with the Chicago White Sox. He was a hot property in 1997, having won the American League MVP twice in the 90s, and he served as a member of the All-Star team five times. His jersey number was retired by the White Sox, and he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2014. He was a decidedly uncontroversial figure, and was actually a pretty staunch activist for drug testing since early in his career, so he's pretty boring. <laughs> These days, he owns a record label and microbrews his own beer called Big Hurt Beer, which is sold exclusively in Chicago. Go check that out. He also has a chain of steakhouses that went under earlier this year. <laughs> And with that exciting Frank Thomas fact, we're going to open up at the ball game here. Who is our game between today? It looks like we have the New York Yankees controlled by Dan Reese, a big Yankee fan in the household. You're always giving me the thumbs down. Yes, no, he's a bit of thumbs down to signify that he loves the Yankees to the earth and back. <laughs> Uh, very, very proud Yankee here. And who is he playing against today? It looks like the Los Angeles Dodgers there, controlled by Josiah Coolidge. Ooh, so another... named after the artful Dodger from Charles Dickens' seminal work, Oliver Twist. <laughs> well known for his pig pocket skills, very traditional as to the way the Dodgers are sectioned. Sex, an excellent base stealing team. It's hard to keep this voice up. They're a sexual base stealing team. They I know. Probably are a sexual base stealing team. Most listeners don't realize, but this is our real voices. We talk like this when we're off mic. We try and dumb it down a bit while we're on mic. We're Everyone. currently laughing at a uh, man's butt wiggling very uh, erotically on the screen. This game definitely delivers some quality and uh, stances from all of our players. They have a very diverse baseball hitting stance and this guy really stretches his butt out there that was on the first pitch that is a home run for josiah coolidge my goodness my goodness it's a good thing he's there against the ball enemy who really wanted to get that ball away from him allowing josiah the opportunity to smack it really far all right in the meantime as we all recover from that home run what else do we have to learn about all-star baseball we have so much all-star baseball 99 for all the talk i made about frank thomas he's not actually the cover athlete of that game the cover athlete of that game is a man named larry walker now he's not a hall of famer uh but he is a five-time all-star and he's a multiple award winner who's had a very long career he played from 1989 to 2005 and he received his nickname for the many times players would throw many balls against him he was actually born uh Larry Smith, but after being leading the league in walks, he decided to legally change his name to Larry Walker. He actually changed his name to Larry as well because he's a big fan of Hustler Magazine. Uh, so, you know, he was uh, he played for the Colorado Rockies at a time when I should have known who he was uh, because I was living in Colorado at the time. But you didn't because you did team. not care about baseball. Certainly did not. Still cannot say that I do, but I'm trying. I'm learning. I'm living. I'm loving. So he's uh, had a big influence on Canadian baseball not so much American baseball but he's a BC native and he's gone on to be a coach in uh, the the Canadian leagues and uh, he's just kind of considered a general all-around solid player he's retired and he's moved up to Canada again and coming to an end of our first (laughs) inning of baseball we have the LA Dodgers ahead one the New York Yankees zero that's a real shame you can't you're not seeing uh, the Yankees step up this time because they are famous for (laughs) cheating Out. It's a little oh. early for that, Mike. <laughs> no, I think uh, I there's think still it, plenty of time in this game, Steve. To 
Nick I think says cheating's most, happened. Most games are usually called by the first inning, and uh, I'm, uh, I'm not. It's not voting well. Four innings to go. <laughs> it's not voting well, but we'll we'll give them a chance. So let's talk a little bit about some of the mechanics that we're seeing on screen right now. Uh, so there's uh, some pretty decent looking graphics, I have to say. Wouldn't you agree with that? I would. Um, you know, in the reality that we live in, I would say it's kind of a step down. I wouldn't describe it as 100% photorealistic. Like, I could definitely tell the difference between, say, watching a real baseball game on TV <laughs> versus playing All-Star Baseball 2001 on the N64. It's true. Real human beings do not have such pointy knees. But maybe they should, Steve. Maybe, maybe they, they should. should. I agree with you. I think the whole life would just turn into one big Ben-Hur chariot race. You'd be walking through the supermarket and you jab someone next to you with their pointy knees and down they go. Down they go. Speaking of down they go, that's a strikeout for Josiah against Dan, who's really dropping the ball on this one. Oh, he hits a single, folks. Just as I criticize his play, as My well goodness. as character, he gets on base. Well, I've, well I've, done, the Dan. The hate or eight drives him. <laughs> the hate or eight. That's what they called him before they named him a of Hate or eight. It's directed by Quentin Tarantino, <laughs> one of his more mediocre films. <laughs> So we are uh, witnessing history in the making here. In the 52 years I've been commenting on video game baseball, I have never seen anything quite like this. It's a rather boring game so far. <laughs> it's true. Usually I'm more excited by now. Well, so yes, the graphics are very nice. Um, nice animations, even some unique details for each player. You can kind of tell the difference to them, assuming every player kind of just looks like a gob of pixels. They look a little gobby, but some of them do have faces. We were commenting early on, uh, I believe it was uh, Mariners player Reggie Sanders, who was uh, smiling and happy in his in his uh, picture. And he looked a little terrifying. It looked a bit like a death mask. But, uh, you know, they went that extra detail. And I, I appreciate that. So 99 was a pretty unremarkable uh, season overall, I think. We didn't really get a lot out of that game. It was fine. But uh, there wasn't a whole lot to write home about. Your basic modes, your basic controls. The interface here looked a lot like NFL Quarterback Club 2000. Which makes sense because they were both developed by Acclaim. Acclaim. Acclaim Software, well known for putting out lots and lots of games. This game brought to you today by Acclaim. Acclaim, we no longer exist. <laughs> Please fund our Kickstarter to make us exist again. We're trying to bring back Two Rock Baseball Hunter, and that'll be uh, along shortly. Actually, I would play the hell out of that, I'm not gonna lie. I know. So so in this game, Steve, does Two Rock hunt the baseballs, or does he use the baseballs as a weapon? First one, then the other. Ah, got, he has to oh, catch the yes. baseballs before he can use it as a weapon. So it's much like the beloved Pokemon series that all the youth are so into nowadays. Absolutely, that's the way it is. Stepping up to the bat now for the Dodgers, Dan Huntley. Todd, Todd Huntley, Huntley. Todd Dan Huntley. Huntley's brother. I always get them confused. Oh, yes. They are identical twins, both with horrible case of pixel face. Yes. Yes. Uh, and that's not referring to my dog, who also has a pixel face, but that's just because it's her name. And it's also in her twin sister, Todd. Absolutely. <laughs> Todd Pixelface. Common girl's name, Todd Pixelface. Absolutely. Let's move on to talk about All-Star Baseball 2000. It came out the year after All-Star Baseball 99. Who would have thunk it? What a coincidence that must have been. It was pretty great. March 31st, 1999 was the day it came out specifically, and the same team was involved, and the same systems were involved, and those systems are Nintendo 64 and Game Boy Color. For those of you who are just joining us, this is a Nintendo 64 podcast. We are where talking we about... play who, Nintendo 64 games. Who joins podcasts in the middle so Who pe do people just like leave their phone running podcasts all the time and then just jump in and out so they could replicate the old days of modern radio we're, we're, we're pioneering new frontiers here steve all right when you get home just turn on this podcast and walk away from it 
But uh, All Star Baseball '99 is where, or 2000, excuse me. That's where we get to. Introduce we just our we just new... enjoyed. Um, for those of you who just oh. missed it, we just saw a referee glitch in and out of home plate, seemingly appear out of nowhere and then vanish. Now I believe the baseball commission has ruled against glitching out. Now, that sound was uh, uh, Dan the Ball Enemy Reese uh, getting real upset, and uh, he was he was throwing his cowboy hat on the ground and stomping on it in a comical fashion and shooting his dual pistols into the air. Josiah Coolidge looking nonplussed. We have bases loaded. Another Dodger player comes in. Things are looking bad for the Yankees with only half the amount of points as the Dodgers, being as one is 50% of two. Oh, that is that is interesting how that works. And, I uh, graduated with a math degree. I would just like to emphasize that I was right in my early prognostications about who would lose this game. So far, the Yankees are not stepping up. But the Yankees really stepped up with All-Star Baseball 2000 because they introduced the new cover boy of the series who would uh, take over this game and every game in the series from now on, a young man named Derek Jeter. I've never heard of this fellow. Nor have I. I thought he was a cologne salesman, but it turns out he's a baseball player. Uh, here's where we get to learn a little bit about Derek Jeter. He uh, played his entire 19-year career with the New York Yankees. He's probably the most heavily marketed and endorsed baseball player of modern times. He has had contracts with Nike, Gatorade, Ford, Visa, Gillette, Skippy Peanut Butter, and XM Satellite Radio. He made appearances in movies like The Other Guys and Anger Management, on TV shows like Seinfeld, and he's the cover athlete for multiple video game franchises, including MLB 2K. All of this together has netted him a personal net worth of around $200 million. Now, I mention all this first because he's generally thought of as a celebrity first and an athlete second. He uh, was a big name, whether you knew baseball or not, and he caught a lot of publicity for his tumultuous relationships with beautiful women, everyone from Jessica Biel to Mariah Carey. I sound like the movie phone guy. Anyway, he's also... Coming up next at 7 p.m., it's the Derek Jeter story, starring (laughs) Derek Jeter, directed by Chris Marker. (laughs) Who is Chris Marker? Chris Marker is a famous director of La Jeter, which was the film that 12 Monkeys was based on. Deep cut, I like it. Yes. Well done. Uh, but he is still a hugely accomplished baseball player. He became eligible. He becomes eligible for the Hall of Fame induction in 2020, and the speculation already is that he will be the first unanimous vote into Cooperstown. The closest we've had to a unanimous Ooh, vote so far should have been Griffey. I was just gonna say the closest we've had to a unanimous vote so far was Ken Griffey Jr., who missed that vote by three three votes. It's called racism. Boo! It's oh. called racism. Josiah Coolidge calling out the systematic racism of the communities that we live in. So, uh, a few other stats about Derek Cheater. He was one of only 11 players ever to earn the title of the Yankees team captain. He's won the World Series five times. Just made, by himself. By it was himself. an impressive feat. Was, Derek Jeter versus the L.A. Dodgers. He had some help from Mariah Carey, yes. currently starring in her hit film, Glitter. Uh, so he, the, this was in, two, yes, this would have been right. I'm doing the math in my head and when that movie came out. So uh, he's won the World Series five times. He's made the All-Star team 14 times. And in the... I hate, to, I hate to interrupt this Mariah Carey, Derek Jeter Please. talk, but I, I feel that something exciting is going on with our players as I hear many a giggle coming from the screen. All I players. want for Christmas is some information about the game. Could you please fill us in on what's going on? The controls are somewhat imprecise. I don't find any problem with the controls, actually. I think my opponent likes to make up excuses. Dan, could you please share with us some more excuses about why the controls are bad? 
Oh, I don't know they're bad, but I did just get a triple, so, you know, whatever. He forgot to run home on the next hit. <laughs> that was one thing we noticed in our time playing this game. The running controls, surprisingly confusing. We managed to hit and then stand outside of the base it's and just true. kind of get tagged off. Now, we, we played a little bit of uh, All-Star Baseball 2000 in the four-player mode with all of us playing at the same time. And uh, it was a little confusing figuring out who was doing what at any given time. As a general rule, I don't think that baseball games work very well as four players since you're only controlling one player at a time. We should talk. We should specify we're talking about baseball video games at this point. Real oh. baseball games work fine with four people. You might even need more. <laughs> We were learning about Derek Jeter, right? We probably were. <laughs> and uh, let's see. He has a uh, he set a number of records for the Yankees. Uh, so he, let me see here. I wrote them all down. Okay, he still holds the career all time career leader for the Yankees in hits, games played, steals, at bats, times on base, and the doubles. Now he was recruited to the majors just out of high school uh, and uh, was named Rookie of the Year in his first season in 1996 when he helped the Yankees win the World Series. He has a batting average of .310, 3,400 career hits, 11 or 1,300 RBIs, and 260 home runs. He's also surprisingly not a terribly controversial figure in terms of drugs or whatever, but uh, apparently he's doing a shitty job running the Florida Marlins, which he owns now. So that's something to take to the bank. The He's a m- shitty owner guy. <laughs> All right, what do we what, what what do we talk about next? We've we've learned about Derek Jeter. I would we've like to comment Mariah on the. Uh, do- I would like to talk. Com- well, Mariah Carey was born in nineteen something. Uh, she first rose to prominence by singing music in the radio, and today she's known as a guy who is not good at things. She's known as a well-known provider of a Christmas song that most people don't really enjoy. I uh, will admit to liking that song. I, I, oh, no. criticism is unwarranted. My criticism is unwarranted. I have been called out. It is a Christmas song I perhaps conf- I don't enjoy. I think you've confused her with Paul McCartney again. Oh, yes. yes. No one likes that Christmas song. That is a horrible Christmas song. Dan and Josiah, if you could take a quick break from your game to please tell us your thought on the Paul McCartney Christmas song canon. Uh, I think Paul McCartney is really uh, judgmental of the people in the Soviet Union not knowing about the existence of Christmas. Fuck you, Paul McCartney. I think the point in which the song where there is a chorus of children saying ding dong, ding dong, speaks for itself. I think we understand the kind of song that we have there. Disgusting. Paul McCartney is a ding dong. Today's episode of Ultra 64 brought to you by Paul McCartney and Hostess Ding Dong Crackers. Put them together for a delightful beetle crunch. Wait, does Hostess make Ding Dong Crackers? That's right. They're branching out. They're now Hostess Pastries and Cupcakes as well as General Baked Goods. Interesting. Uh, That's a good direction for them. I can't wait to try one of their Snowball Crackers, which... We've made it around a couple innings now. We're back to Todd Huntley. The score, 2-2. Two to two. And t- Oh, my dear. He caught a piece of that ball. It went into foul ball territory, and it caused a yellow triangle to spontaneously appear over his head. Hopefully he'll recover soon. 
Dan Reese, well known for his pitching directly into players, causing many beanball injuries. Not as many as I'm trying for. I will say I do have a number of lawsuits lodged against Dan the Ball Enemy Reese for throwing the ball directly at my face multiple times while playing All-Star Baseball 2000. Dan, what is it that fills you with such hate to being the opposing players so often? Uh, it's the fact that it's allowed in the game. So you're saying just because you can do it, you will. Yes. Yes. It's uh, the uh, Grand Theft Auto mentality to baseball. It's pretty, uh, pretty cutting edge, pretty edgy. I, I have to say, I like it. I wish for more violence in sports video games, not less. That was a Josiah Coolidge pumping his fist excitedly for uh, a accomplishing run. something. I, I yes, assume. the score is now Dodgers four. New York 2. We're going to take a quick break from Ultra 64 to bring you this important message. Hi, my name's Woody Siskowski. When I'm really bored and not sure what to talk about on a podcast, I like to look around the room and kill time and wonder, gee, what could I use to make some kind of weird bit? So check out Woody Siskowski's Artisan Strawberry Candles. Sold every day when you need to fill up time on an event. Steve, do you have a fake commercial bit that's better than mine? I absolutely do. I'm going to uh, turn over to that right now. Hi, I'm Winona Ryder, and I just want to say sometimes I don't feel very fresh, so that's why I drink water, because water improves your freshness from the inside to the outside and to the windows and then to the walls until the sweat drips down my balls. Uh, let me, uh, let's go back to the baseball game. Thank you. I'm Winona Ryder. Thanks, Winona. Welcome back to Ultra 64. For those of you... So glad to see her back on the big screen. <laughs> Wait. Talking about her balls. Why, why, why are we on the big screen, Steve? Oh, well, are we bro- this being broadcast nationwide to Regal Theaters. Yes, it is. We are part of Fathom Events, the same creators of the Trump Prophecy. And multiple Rift Tracks events, which I am less upset about. Yes, much, much so. I thought the Trump prophecy was a joke, but then I looked it up and it is not. It is a real thing that idiot asshole people made with their money that they don't deserve and should have taken from them because they're dumb. Speaking of people who don't deserve money, at bat now is Reggie White. Does he not deserve money for any reason? I don't know. No, it was Devon White. I'm sorry. Oh, my God. You cannot read first names in this game. (laughs) Oh, and with the exciting jump in the field and many errors recorded on that play... I believe that was a four-air play. I think we'd better check in with our athletes to see just how this game is controlling and how it stacks up compared to the other two. If they were to make a ranking of the game so far, what would be winning? Sorry, a ranking between the three games? Yes, if you were to grade All-Star Baseball 99 versus 2000 versus 2001, where do they stand? Well, they're strikingly similar. They did do a thing in 2001 where they got rid of all the indicators on the screen to show what the hell you're doing which makes it both easier and harder at the same time. Harder probably uh, to know what you're doing, but easier to conceal what you're doing to the other player. Yes, in the earlier games that we played, they you could stupidly see where the pitch was going to go, which made it much easier to aim, though we still managed to strike out many times. Yeah, I'm having a real hard time uh, differentiating, but I am enjoying that, they can't, that Dan here cannot see my every pitch. Um... And as a quick shout out, I'd like to I'd like to thank Winona Ryder for the bucket of sweat she provided the Dodgers last night. We would we couldn't have done it without her. 
This is why I'd I'm like a writer, and I'm very shout happy. out to Winona Ryder's balls. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. We appreciate it. Me and my balls. I'm here in the st- I'm here in the studio also because I was here at the game. I decided I'd come in and say hi. Um, we. I believe that we dropped the initial premise. Um, how would you rank these games it, it, compared to one another? Adrian Beltre up to bat. Uh, yes, Beltre's up to bat. Uh, so I guess I would take the the 2001 uh, as the best. The the graphics seem to be a little bit sharper, but the uh, because we played uh, in 2000, we played as four player, which was confusing. I would rank that the lowest. Yeah, I think I'm I'm on the same page as you i think 2001 is solid it has one of my favorite players of all time so Derek jeter adrian adrian beltre never Derek jeter uh is yeah, adrian beltre actually you know player? i know a lot more faces i i like 2000 okay i, I really probably then you know 2001 and then 2000 and then 99 well i can't argue with that because i don't choose to i will say that ign argued with you in their initial review of all-Star Baseball 2000, they called it the best baseball simulator in existence and easily the best baseball experience on the N64. They gave it a 9 out of 10 because they dinged it for the sound quality being rather low, which I have to agree, we heard the same commentary from the same uh, amateur uh, game announcer men who uh, were, were just saying the same things over and over again. Unlike was, us, who do not say the same things over and over again. He was badly fooled by that curveball, Steve. He was badly fooled by that curveball and he said that over and over again. Oh, Ooh. a swing and a miss. From... He was badly fooled by that curveball, Steve. He was very badly fooled by that curl curveball, and I will say it over and over again. Gary Sheffield is at bat for the Dodgers. He's got a loose wiggle on his elbows. Ooh, and he was badly fooled by that curveball. He was badly fooled by that curveball. I'll say it again. I don't more more give two rats shits on a dock. Man, that's a terrible swing. He's walking around looking angry and pumping his fist out of happiness. Sometimes fists can be used to express joy, sometimes anger, sometimes sexual intimacy. But you have to ask first. This has been the Fist Report, brought to you by fists. Ultra 64, brought to you by consent. Consent, it's the best look. Don't let your friends put headphones on your head and make you listen to Ultra 64 without your consent. Make sure you ask first before subjecting them to strange commentary by strange men over the internet. The internet brought to you by strange men. Not brought to you by consent, because we wish it was, but the internet is a dark, dark place. The internet is garbage, as is the entire world. I'm feeling horribly depressed about everything. I'm on heavy medication. Yankees are at bat. Who do we have here? Daryl Strawberry. Daryl Strawberry is a famous guy with the name of a fruit. He also co-sponsors Woody Siskowski's Artisan's Strawberry Candles. That's they, true. They, they went in on that together. And how do you find your working relationship with Daryl these days? Well, it's very difficult whenever I go in because I just constantly want to go, Daryl, Do you Daryl, and a single tear rolls down his face. Does he ever sleep in a little patch of loam? He every night surrounded Steve. by vines. Every night, I would hope he does. I hope everybody whose last name is also a noun can also uh, say the same. Name three people <laughs> whose names are also a noun. I dare you. Um, John Harry Potter. Harry Potter sleeps in a pot. Jonathan Carpenter. Jonathan Carpenter, the ma- creator of the thing, going by his formal first name. He Harry sleeps on wood. And a bunch of nails, because he's a fakir from India. People don't know that. And Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling is a baby goose. 
That is why he won't eat his cereal, because it will poison him and kill him dead. You hear it here first, <clears throat> folks. Geese allergic to cereal. Geese allergic to cereal. Let's check back in with our players here. A 71-mile-per-hour pitch coming from the Yankees. Uh, Eric started with a K. It went too fast, but he is playing right now, and he just hit the ball really hard. Oh, the Yankees catch it, and he is safe on first base. It's kind of samey. Playing the game, it seems like there's maybe eight or eight, maybe eight innings too many. We're at we're at the bottom of the fourth, and Dan Reese already expressing boredom with the many more innings left to play. Josiah, are you gradually losing interest? You know, I don't I don't lose interest until the game is won. I'm all oh, about winning, oh, and I'm also all about consent, <laughs> which is why I only agree to come in Steve's office for a good baseball game. That's a good policy. When Steve invites you to in his office, make sure you confirm that it's for baseball purposes only. It's very true. I've hunted and killed people in here before. It's odd. Oh, there's not many hiding spots. There are not, and I'm not even shy about it. I have human heads mounted around the wall. Well, with that note, we're back to the second most dangerous game, professional baseball. Oh, man, it is so dangerous. It's here, muscly man, take this wooden cudgel. Here, let's throw this small, hard sphere at your face until you die. That's how the game is That's played. That's how the everyone. game is played, folks. I guess We've I should playing say, it wrong for years. I guess I should uh, drop back in with some facts about All Star Baseball 2001. It was released on February 29th, 2000. So it's a damn liar, right? In its title, it said it's from 2001. It didn't know what we were in for. 9/11 was still on the horizon. Uh, so. Jeez. There's not much more to say about it. It's pretty much <laughs> the same game as it was last time. Looks like there have been some slight refinements and improvements. The, the impact 9-11 had on baseball? <laughs> yes, the like, impact 9-11 had on baseball. Well, can you talk about that incredible moment when George W. Bush threw out the pitch at Yankee Stadium? I don't remember that happening. I was... Happened on September 13th or so. <laughs> wow, okay. I did not know about that. There was too much to pay attention to at that time. Well, you want to tell us, give us some backstory on that, Josiah? Well, 9-11 was this thing that happened. <laughs> it's, it, it made not very many people happy. And uh, it happened we're, in the middle of the baseball it? season. So naturally, we had to shut things down for a little while. Josiah Coolidge, on the record, Our the worst thing about 9-11 was the halting of baseball. <laughs> brought it back to us with, a, with an emotional pitch. Maybe the greatest thing he did in his presidency. Not saying a lot. <laughs> Greatest thing an American president has done is throw a ball. You heard it here first. Today's episode of Ultra 64 bought to my movie World Trade starring Charlie Sheen. Not to be confused with World Trade Center starring Nicolas Cage. Both of which are boring bad movies. Speaking of boring bad movies, we take you back to the baseball game. Now, if this baseball game were a movie, what would you call it? Um, nine innings of sloth. I would call it three men and a baby. And what about you, Dan Reese? What would you call All-Star Baseball 2001, the movie adaptation? I'd call it Balls Don't Move Like That. And he would know. He's the ball enemy. I would call it These Butts Don't Lie. Much Men like Shakira, baseball players cannot lie with their lower extremities. <laughs> Let's cut to a commercial break. Here's Woody talking about a commercial. Hello, everyone. It's me, Nicholas Cage. This Hi. is my Nicholas Cage voice when I want to go down the street and have people not recognize me. I use the voice modulator by Refin. 
Rep and brand voice modulators. When you are a famous person and you want to sound like someone else. That was excellent. That, that was, was excellent. Thank you, Nick, and for and thank you, Refin, for creating celebrity voice modulators. Uh, well, we are back to the game here. We just had a 75 mile per hour pitch coming in. Oh, 79 mile per hour now. Looks like Mark Grzyzniak is that's his last name. That's how it's accurately pronounced in the original Polish. Oh, and he, someone is out. Looks like the bad team is losing as they should. Uh, it is now. I have trouble reading that scoreboard. You would think as a commentator it would be easier to actually tell what the score is from a scoreboard. I believe that it is 5-2 to two, L.A. That sounds accurate. Now, uh, New York Yankees have surpassed my wildest expectations and gotten another run. So I'm pretty... I, I, I can admit when I'm wrong. And uh, I was incorrect when I called the game in the first inning. So, on that note, how much longer are we going to keep this up, Steve? Are, should we? I, we're, I'm in it until somebody's dead or dying or wins the game. Well, that might be me. We'll because... definitely be in it longer than the All-Star Baseball series because this one only went on for a few more years. Its last game was All-Star Baseball 2005. At that time, Acclaim, the studio that made these games, went under, and they no longer get to make video games. But they're still working on Turok Baseball Hunter, apparently. Everybody, please take a moment of silence. Silence for acclaim. We're going to go to Dan Reese now to listen to his moment of silence. Go ahead, Dan. So we're taking a moment of silence. Be for, quiet, Dan. Real bad at moments acclaim, of silence. Not, be, be quiet. But not for September 11th. <laughs> September 11th, nearly 17 years ago. Acclaim software. When did you say they went out of business? 2004. 2004. Equivalent. Could it be connected? <laughs> Coincidence? Find out next week on Ultra 64. Brought to you by InfoWars. <laughs> Let's cut to a commercial. Hi, I'm Alex Jones. I'm here from InfoWars. Oh, we're back to Ultra 64. We are cutting that sponsor. Wait, no, you can't cut uh, We see that sponsor going through a large fan. Many Ooh. of his bits are being... What's I, happening to his bits? I can't even tell from here. It's raining down Alex Jones' bits in Viscera. Oh, my goodness. So much green blood. Turns out he was one of the infamous lizard people all along. David Icke was right. Just he had the wrong target set. Absolutely. Absolutely. You hate to see that happen. Oh, right. We have the Dodgers at bat right now. He's got a nice wiggle in his step once again and a real low kind of limbo-y swing to him. His and name is Adrian Beltre. And speaking of moon lizard people, those are some fine pitching by Dan Reese. Man, he's, it's looking good out Only there. up 14 hits. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong. It looks like when they hit the ball, the X-Men logo appears on the field. Does that mean the X-Men are about to fly in in their signature jet, the Blackbird, to solve crimes and fight people with eye lasers? Well, that would yes. sure be nice. Oh, yes. Just we, we need to. Can you weigh in from a little closer to the microphone? You know, that would sure be nice. I think it would, uh, you know, for the fans. We need X-Men for the fans. The fans that just chewed up and spit out Alex Jones. <laughs> I do not want to see that happen to a real Toad, like Toad from the X-Men. A real Toad. Oh, that was a strike right there. Adrian Beltre cannot swing. No, because it's Gary Sheffield. That's why. <laughs> he keeps trying to swing for Adrian Beltre, and it's just not working because they're different guys. So we've played, this is the 
second baseball series that we have played on the program. Um, how would you say this one compares to Ken Griffey Jr.'s Major League Baseball? You know, I have to say from my perspective, I really enjoyed the hell out of Ken Griffey's Major League Baseball and its sequel, Ken Griffey's Strikeout. What was Slugfest. It? Slugfest, thank you. I don't know why I said strikeout. <laughs> I, that, that's, that's the very modest version of that game. You Ken play Griffey as Ken Griffey out. and he, he's really let himself go. He's lost his fervor for the game, but the game hasn't lost its fervor for Ken Griffey Jr. I enjoyed those games quite a bit, and I came at it as somebody who does not like sports, and that's because I've been commenting on them for 52 years, so I just don't care for them anymore. But man, uh, that game really impressed me. I think these ones are going to suffer in comparison because they're just a little less polished and a little less fun. And Derek Jeter stepping up to the plate. Finally, look at that butt. Anything less than a home run. And there's the home a run. A home run for Derek Jeter. It went to the other side of the fence where the baseball game is not being held. That is your indication that you are a good, good boy, Derek Jeter. You're a good, good boy. Someone smack that man's delicious butt. Thank you and good night. Except we're still going. Phil O'Neill up at bat for the Yankees. Getting ready to swing with his arms in a circular fashion, twisting his torso in a way that indicates torque is being applied. Oh, and someone's trying to steal a base. No, they're not. They're just throwing a ball randomly. And to back up what you were saying earlier, I would have to agree. I believe that the Griffey games were much more intuitive. They were simpler to play, but uh, they just made a lot more sense. There's so many confusing running, base running controls in this game. Um, There's too many pitches that are confusing and just the mechanics are not clearly laid out the way that Griffey was. I've said it before and I'll say it again. The worst thing you can do in a sports game is try and make it as accurate to the sport as possible because that's just going to be boring. Mm-hmm. Stuff that you take advantage of when you're just a person moving your muscles is very different when you have to control buttons for all of those movements. It also has a very annoying aspect of spending a very long time between pitches. When a player is out, it will take a long time before it goes back to the pitching animation, which just feels like I've wasted hours of my life waiting for these things to move forward. And I have important things to do with my time. Clearly. Purchase these Refn brand voice modulators. You sound exactly like Nicolas Cage right now. Well, I haven't turned it on yet. Oh, damn. That's impressive. Turn it on now. Hello, this is me with the Refn Brand Voice Modulator. We use them for the Ultra 64 podcast um, during non-baseball-themed episodes. And we're back to my regular voice. I missed it. I missed it. I have to tell you, doing uh, doing a couple hours of podcasts a week without using our real voices is a strain on my vocal cords. Oh, somebody from the blue team just did a swing thing and didn't hit it with a ball that... So, should we move on to our ranking? I think we might need to do that. I'm going to hand you the list so you can figure out where you're ranking things. And in the meantime, I'm going to turn to uh, another person to talk for a while. Why don't we hand this over to Josiah Coolidge, who played um, Griffey Games, and see how he thinks these compare. Oh, you know, there's no comparison. First of all, between... There has to be a comparison, Josiah. That's what we're here no, for. No, I mean, there's no comparison. Ken Griffey Jr. wipes the floor. Those games... We jumped right in. We had a barrel of laughs. We had we didn't have to spend any time trying to figure out how to run bases or hit baseballs. I don't want that dirty Derek Jeter anywhere near my N64. Ooh. And with that, words. with that Harsh note, words. I have noticed that we are at the top of the seventh. So let's all take a minute for the seventh inning Cracker Jack song. <laughs> Everybody get ready to sing. 
I love Cracker Jacks. So won't you buy Cracker, cracker Jacks? Everyone cracks a jacket who lives in the moon. Free prize inside. All right, we're back. Now, Steve, where would you rank these games well, on your N64 list? I would say I'm going to put these in number 34, 35, and 36. They're going to be in spots directly below. International Track and Field 2000, a game I think I would rather play before I played these again. These are far from terrible. They're quite enjoyable, and I think even a mediocre uh, baseball game is better than a good football game. So I enjoyed this one. Uh, not enough to recommend it over Ken Griffey Jr.'s output for the N64. So you heard it here first. Go Griffey, or go fuck yourself. Today's episode brought to you by Griffey Brand Cracker, Cracker Jacks. Go Griffey, or go fuck yourself. I'm going to put these games at number 52, 53, and 54, right below Cruising Exotica and ahead of Quest 64. They're by no means great. Like you said, a subpar baseball game still isn't too bad, so I would be willing to play them, um, but they have a lot of ways to go to compare with Griffey. And I think in order, um, I think we will take Dan and Josiah's word that 2001 is probably the best, but they all seem about the same. I, I, I forgot to mention that. Yeah, I am going to go 2001 down. Or 2001, yeah. 2001, 2001 2000, 2000, 2000, 2000, 99. That would be my order uh, in descending order of craplitude. Uh, we're coming up. What inning are we in right now? Seventh inning. We're still in the seventh inning. We already did our Cracker Jack yeah, we're song. At the top. We sang the Cracker Jack song a little early. Oh, Wait, do you sing it. the? I thought you sang the song at the top of the seventh. Oh, good. Well, we'll have to sing it again. No, no, we will not. I'm sure that the viewers, the the, the, the podcast viewers' ears will be bleeding from People that. Looking with their earballs. Yes. Uh, I I I feel out of things to say, Steve. Well, why don't we just close it up then? Uh, we'll, we'll end the game here because it's still going, but I don't sense a lot of fervor from either of the athletes. And I think we can safely call this one L.A. Dodgers 6, New York Yankees 3. It seems impossible that the Yankees would come back, now, being as they are played by a bunch of losers. Correct me if I'm wrong. I believe 3 is half of 6. Is that correct now? That is what I learned in college. Oh, that's good. I did not go to college. I was a drug addict. Anyway, I would like to thank our professional athletes here today. Well, Josiah, the refrigerator Coolidge. But, but before we go, we need to get some words from the players. Josiah, you came through in a big way today. Tell us, tell us about your experience and what the secret to your success was. Well, you know, the separation is in the preparation. And so when I'm at home watching tape. No one knows what that means. When I'm at home watching tape and I'm at home uh, taping bats and I'm at home uh, greasing my glove. And cleaning my cleats, you better believe that all I have on my mind is one thing, winning. And that's I, I think I proved that here today. And we're going to go to the unfortunate loser, Dan, afraid of the ball, Reese. Can you tell us what would have put you over the top? I, I don't know. I, I, I just want to blame Jesus. <laughs> I want to blame my dad. <laughs> Blaming Dan? Jesus for his failure. It's a bold move. Let's see how it works out for him. I think it's going to go pretty well. I think it's only fair. So many people blame Jesus for their success. It's about time he got some of the flack as well. Now, do you blame people for things that go right in your life? I do. Oh, good. I blame people for everything. I it's blame my, my parents for my happy life and my success. Yes, that, that tracks. That makes sense. 
Well, from all of us here at U64 Sports, we thank you for tuning in this week. You can follow up with all the high-stakes action at Ultra64Podcast.com. Email us at Ultra64Podcast at gmail.com or hit us up on Twitter at Ultra64Podcast. Next week, join us when we will be putting on our fake voices to talk about a video game called Monopoly. Based on the popular board game of the same name and of the same government mandated controls on big businesses good night everybody and make sure to keep your analog stick in the centralized position (laughs) 